Live from the headquarters of Common Sense, this is Common Sense Christianity. Thank God that you were joining us today. We have some wonderful things to discuss. You know, I I wasn't planning to go live on Instagram for this, but I'm doing it anyways uh, just to spread the word out. We are in Romans right now, Romans 6, and we might get into Romans 7. These are some very beautiful passages of scripture that describe the grace that we have been given through through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And I find it important to discuss because uh, of Good Friday being today. And the whole theme of it is that Christ's grace saved us through his blood and sacrifice. So getting into Romans chapter six, it says, Paul says, what then shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Let it not be. We died to sin. How shall we live in it? Or are you ignorant that all who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Then we were buried with him through baptism into death, that Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. So also we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been joined together in the likeness of his death, so also shall we be in the resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be annulled, so that we no longer serve sin. For the one that died has been justified from sin. But if we die with Christ, we believe that also we shall live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more, no longer lords it over him. For in that he died, he died to sin once for all, but in that he lives, he lives to God. So also you count yourselves to be truly dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our, our Lord. So this is very important for us, ladies and gentlemen, in the fact that Paul specifically states that this grace changes your heart and it changes your being when you're baptized as I have been, which is not necessary for salvation, just a disclaimer, but it is a very important step in your Christian walk. Uh, you have been buried as Christ did and resurrected in the newness of life as Christ did. And this is an important symbolization for noticing how God has saved us through Christ's sacrifice. And this is not to say that we do not sin any longer, but it changes our wants. It changes where our minds uh, are and where uh, where our hearts are, which is an important thing. God looks at the heart. You know, verse 12, therefore, do not let your sin rule in your mortal body to obey it in its lust. Do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God as living from the dead. And your members instruments of righteousness to God, for your sin shall not lord it over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Let it not be. Do not do you not know that whom you yield uh, yourself slaves for obedience? You are slaves to whom you obey, whether sin to death or obedience to righteousness. But thanks be but thanks to God. That you were slaves of sin, but you obeyed uh, from the heart, the from the form of teaching to which you were delivered, and have been set free from sin. You were enslaved to righteousness. I speak as a man on account of the weakness of your flesh, for as you yield your members as slaves to uncleanliness and lawless act unto lawless act, so now you yield your members as slaves to righteousness. 
unto sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free as to righteousness. Therefore, what fruit did you have then in the things over which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being set free from sin and being enslaved to God, you have uh, your fruit unto sanctification and the end uh, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is everlasting life in Christ Jesus, O Lord. We have been given eternal life through the Spirit by Christ's sacrifice because of his death, because of our deaths to our former selves, to our flesh. We live in the Spirit through Christ's blood. This is the important message that I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, because if we are to live in this world as Christ's disciples, as Christ's followers chosen by Christ, and living in Christ, and we chose Christ as well. This gives us a certain obligation to spread this grace around. The good news of the gospel is that we are dead in our sin. We are slaves to our sins. We have been chained to our trespasses. And through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we can be set free. This is liberty that he is talking about, that Paul is talking about. This is freedom that Christ is talking about, not the bondage found in religious order. Paul was specifically talking to the Jews in Rome that wanted to keep the law and bondage of the law. But through Christ Jesus, we have been released from the law, as chapter 7 is about to say. And moving on to Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Or, brothers, are you ignorant, for I speak to you those knowing the law, that the law rules over man for as long a time as he may live. For the married woman was bound by law to the living husband, but if the husband dies, she is set free from the law of the husband. So there. Then, if the husband is living, she will be called an adulteress if she becomes another man's. But if the husband dies, she is free from the law. So as for her not to be an adulteress by becoming another man's wife, so that, my brothers, you also were made dead to the law through the body of Christ, for you to become another, um, to become another's, to one raised from the dead, so that we may bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the passions of sin walked, worked in our members through the law for the bearing of fruit unto death. But now we have been set free from the law, having died to that in which we were held, so that we serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of letter. We've done away with the physical fleshly law because we cannot obey it. And it's impossible. Give me one man besides Christ Jesus who has followed the law perfectly. You cannot name one because no one has followed the law perfectly. So this sets a sickness that humans have faced. That we are to die in, in our sins without the shedding of perfect blood. And this sets up the dilemma that humanity has faced for generations up until this point. So when God sets up the law, he expects perfect following of it, because that is the law. You must follow it perfectly. If you break one part of the law, according to James, you are guilty of the whole thing. It is the law, not the laws. So we have all been guilty of the law and therefore must pay a total annihilation in hell for breaking this law. We cannot be in the presence of God. But through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we have been set free 
from the law. And therefore, we have been saved by grace through faith, as Ephesians 2.8 says. What then shall we say? Is the law sin? Let it not be. But I do did not know sin except through the law. For also I did not know lust except the law said, you shall not lust. But the sin taken occasion through the commandment worked every lust in me. For apart from the law, sin was dead. And I was alive apart um, from the law once. Uh, but the commandment came, and the sin came alive, and I died. So what Paul is saying here, and I may be misreading into this, but it seems to me that Paul is saying that without the law, we cannot know sin. But the law makes us aware of our trespasses and makes us aware of the fault in it. If you do not know the law and you break it, can you therefore be guilty of it? It's something to really think about, and I think that's what Paul is implying here. Uh, verse 10, and the commandment which was to life, this was found to be death to me. For sin taking occasion through the commandment deceived me, and though it, it killed me. So indeed the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. And then that which is good, has it become death to me? Let it not be, but sin that it, uh, that it might appear to be sin, having worked out uh, death to me through the, uh, through the good, in order that sin may become uh, excessively sinful through, through, uh, uh, some, sorry for those in my live audience, uh, some scam caller just called me randomly. Uh, let me try and find my place. Then that, uh, which is good, has it become death to me? Let it not be. But sin that it might appear to be sin, having worked out, uh, death to me, though the through the good, in order that sin might become excessively sinful through the commandment. For we know that the law is spiritual, and I am fleshly, having been sold under sin. For what I work out, I do not know, but what I do not desire, this I do. But what I hate, this I do. But if I do what I do not desire, I agree with the law that it is good. And this last couple of verses is very, very important for us to understand the human condition. Those of us who are Christians, we all don't want to sin, but we do it anyway. And even Paul, one of the greatest apostles in the New Testament, says that he has the same struggle. He says, for I work out, I do not know. For what I do, uh, for what I do not desire, this I do. The literal translation is quite confusing to read, so bear with me. But what I hate, this I do. So we all don't want to sin, but we do it anyway. We, we, we do it anyway. That is the problem of the flesh, ladies and gentlemen. And it is something that Christ solves through his sacrifice and through the forgiveness and remediation of our sins. Continuing to verse 17. But now I no longer work it out, but the sin dwelling in me. For I know that in me, this is, that is my flesh, dwells no good. For dwell... For to desire is present to me, but to work out the good I do not find. From what good I desire, I do not. But the evil I do not desire, this I do. But if I do what uh, I do not desire, it is no longer I working it out, but the sin dwelling in me. I find that then the law, when I desire to do the right, what evil is present in me. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and taking me captive by the law of sin being in my members. O wretched man that I am, 
who will deliver me from this body of this death? I thank God through Christ our Lord. So then I myself with me, uh, with the mind truly serve the law of God and with the flesh, the law of sin. That is some very important scriptures there. I know it was a mouthful to read. I struggled reading some of it, obviously. We are creatures of the flesh and therefore try and follow the law. But realizing our unsolvable condition of ourselves, Christ came down and gave an eternal sacrifice for us so that we may not live in the flesh and in a detriment to the law, but as eternal, as having eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And I thank God for everything he has done for us and everything that he will do for us. Give God that thanks a glory to be to God and Christ Jesus, our Savior, our Lord and Savior. Uh, continue studying the scriptures, guys. We have a good episode coming out Sunday. Hopefully, if I have time to record it, it will not have to do with Easter, most likely. And until next time, I'm Ethan Foster. This is Common Sense Christianity.